As a founder, do you find yourself feeling isolated, anxious, or alone? We've all heard the phrase, it's lonely at the top. But as founders, we do far more than hear it. We live it. On today's episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast, we're going to talk about why loneliness is part of the founder journey and what we can do to minimize the negative impacts it has on our lives, our families, and our startups. Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan from Startups.com, joined as ever by Will Schroeder, CEO of Startups.com. Speaking of which, Will, since we're we're talking about, about being lonely, and, and we've all heard that phrase, it's, it's lonely at the top, you've been a CEO for uh, more than half your life now. And and so I would imagine that this, this was something that kind of kicked off pretty early in your career and getting used to being alone at the lunch table. Yeah, I mean... Even if you're surrounded by people. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned the lunch table. Now that I think about it, I became a CEO at 19, which means 18 months prior, I actually was at a lunch table like in, in high school. <laughs> <laughs> so not a lot of time to ramp up into this, uh, into this job. But here's what was really interesting about that. This concept of being alone, but also understanding what it means to be a CEO. Because you know, before we get into it, I, I've got to point out, when you become a founder, you often become a CEO. And people don't realize that a CEO is often a title that you grow into over a very long period of time. And it yeah, requires... you bestow it on yourself. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or you can, you can file an LLC and be one today. And so we're in this weird business where we can sort of jump the line overnight. And with it, we get all of the responsibility that comes with that job without any of the experience that comes with that job. <laughs> and, sure. and, as a, yeah. and as a founder, it's more so. If you grow into a CEO job at almost any company, you get the job, but you often get a tremendous amount of infrastructure that comes with that job. You know, you may have sure. a CFO yeah. or CTO, et cetera. In a startup, you get the job, the responsibilities, and none of the infrastructure. <laughs> yeah, no support whatsoever. And not a lot of time to think about what is this job? You just you want to build a company. And all of a sudden, you're like, man, I have a lot of responsibilities that I didn't even contemplate a minute ago. One of the things that they don't put in the brochure for this whole CEO job is how lonely it is. And one of the things we don't talk about very often as founders is how lonely this journey is. And I don't think people understand why it's so lonely. Or, or often, I don't think they understand that it's lonely. In other words, you're, you can feel it. You can sense it. You can tell something's off. But you, you can't put your finger on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't come to the realization that it's loneliness that you're suffering from, right? You, you, yes. you feel off. You, you, may, <laughs> you know something's wrong. You're just not sure exactly what it is. And of course... It's not the only thing, right? It's not the only potential negative factor when you're founding a company. And so uh, it, it can happen in conjunction. In fact, as we'll talk about, it's, it's often caused by some of the other things that happen as you start to grow into your, uh, into your new role. But uh, yeah, it's, it's a very lonely journey. And it only gets worse. <laughs> I hate to say that because that sounds like such a, a dramatic prescription, but it kind of happens. And, and I'll give you... An example. 
so I start the company, I'm 19 years old. And one of the weird things about starting a company when you're 19, you're not older than anybody. You almost can't yeah. be. Right? So right. anybody that you would You can only legally hire, employ people maximum one year younger than you are. <laughs> exactly. Right? So almost anybody you would hire would be older than you. And the reason I bring that up is because when I'm getting started in my career, uh, and I'm 19, I've never been a CEO before. I don't know what that means. The last right. job I had prior to that, I was making sandwiches. Right? Yeah. <laughs> not exactly a prep job. And I'm, I'm at lunch with my coworkers. And I'm kind of just bitching about how things are going at the company. And mind you, that's what people do at lunch. <laughs> they bitch yeah. about their jobs. They bitch about the company. It's, it's all well and good to some extent. But what I didn't realize is everyone else around the table complaining about something is one thing. The moment I complain about it, it's yeah. very different. <laughs> very it's different very context different. when the CEO is complaining. Yep. And I didn't know. I, I, I did not know that I wasn't, I wasn't allowed to do that. And let's face it, how could I? I, I had What's no on, context for this job. It's on page 64 of the handbook, Will. I, mean. <laughs> I wish. And so what happens is uh, I'm, at, I'm at lunch and uh, we're, the company is growing and I may say something like, well, man, we really don't have much money left in the bank. <laughs> the moment you say that in front of your coworkers, and, and look, I'm being honest. I'm being transparent. You know, we're talking about the state of the company. I'm mentioning something that's 100% true. Yeah. I'm just not supposed to say it. <laughs> no, I can hear I can hear the chewing stopped, right? Like it's just, it's now dead silence. Yeah, everyone's like, huh? You said what? Wait, did he what? Right. I, I picture this SNL skit in my mind, and it's this founder who has no idea what he or she is not supposed to say in front of yeah. their employees. And they're yeah. just sitting there going on over lunch, being like, Phew, I don't know if this company's going to make it to the end of the year. I mean, my wife wants me to do pretty much anything else. You know, I've been updating <laughs> my LinkedIn. I've been kind of looking for jobs. Uh, you know, this thing might work, but who knows? I don't have any idea what the investors are going to say. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, Employee wait, what? engagement goes to zero. Confidence <laughs> goes to zero. Yeah. I'm not it's qualified for this job. End. I don't know why anybody would have me do it. I mean, like the, the whole thing, right? <laughs> once you learn that lesson, once you step over that line and realize that there's a lot I can't share as the, the CEO of the company and as the, you know, the founder and even the management team, you know, I, I, it's not exclusive to the CEO. Sure. But once you realize that there's a lot you can't say, that sure does limit who you can say anything to ever. Yeah. And all of a sudden, things start to get a little bit more lonely. Yeah. And again, like you're, you're sitting in a group of people and you're still lonely, right? Because you can't share to the same degree that they can. Uh, you can't, you know, participate in the same types of discussions that they can. So you may be surrounded by people and still feel completely isolated. And, and let me build on that. It starts to escalate in all of these other areas. So I'm at a, a party with friends, but one of my friends that I'm talking to also is best friends with one of the people that works at the company. Sure. Can't say a whole bunch of stuff. Yep. <laughs> right? And look, man, the CEO, the management team, we go home with the same problems everyone else does. <laughs> right. The, the difference is when we complain about them, it's under a microscope. And for yeah. 
everything gets interpreted and reinterpreted and reinterpreted and uh, and then it turns into the telephone game and yeah it's happened to me before with by the time i've said something it comes back to me i'm like well it wasn't exactly great news when i sent it out but now that it came back to me it's far worse <laughs> it's not yeah. what i said at all yeah absolutely and here's the thing if you're a first time founder especially a first time founder i mean it's not exclusive but if you're a second time founder you've probably been around the block you get this one if you're a first time founder and you're trying to get a sense for, you know, how do I continue to build the community, my company, and stay connected to everybody? But over time, start, things are starting to feel off in some way. Yeah. This is why it's happening. At some point, you're not a peer. You're everyone's boss. And when yeah. you become the boss, the delta begins to grow. When that delta begins to grow you start to feel alone. You start to feel alone at work. And I think we should also talk about how you start to feel alone in the other parts of your life. But particular to work, if you're starting to feel those pangs of, hmm, I'm not getting invited to lunch with the with the guys or girls or whomever as much as I yeah. used to. Mm, yeah. It's kind of a reason. Yeah, yeah. That one was particularly tough for me because as I was starting my company in 19, um, I made one of the classic founder decisions to hire a bunch of people I already knew, right? I hired oh, yeah. friends, some of them very close friends. And so as that gap started, so these were people that I was already really, really familiar with, intimate with in some cases, like they're really good friends. And so I was used to being able to share anything and everything. And I watched the the downside of that, right? I watched the, the negative side of that play out. And, you know, with the other thing that became really challenging for me was that it was, it was still, I still had to be the open door and right? I still had to listen to their complaints coming uphill, right? But I couldn't then share back down. So in addition exactly. to having my own weight that I couldn't let go of, I'm now taking on their weight, their challenges, their problems, and both inside and outside work, right? And it got to the point where I didn't feel like I could share anything with them anymore, which was, which was really a pity because the, the outside of work relationship, there just always seemed to be just enough tie in. Like there was always just enough connectivity between life and work, especially at that time, we were just working like crazy that you couldn't separate the two clearly enough to be able to say, okay, now it's friend time. Let's go be friends. Nope. Now we're back in the office to be office time. Like, and especially with the maturity of a 19 year old wasn't going over well. Right. Well, so look at it. it was particularly painful in that case. It, go, it goes both ways for the person that becomes your employee, especially if they're your friend, they can't complain with the same agency as they can to their other friends. Because yeah. at the end of the day, you write their paycheck. And so they're yep. thinking in the back of my head, the back of their head, what can or can I say to Ryan? You <laughs> Not know? all of them thought that way. I yeah. can tell you that for sure. <laughs> there, were, there were a few that were like, yeah, no, no. It, anytime I need to talk to you about something, uh, about something like this, it's, it's just friend time now. Like, let's, let me, and in fact, there was one that used to, he literally say that every time. He's like, can we just talk as friends? It's fair. And then he'd ask I mean, me I something about it. his, yeah, it is fair, except then he'd ask me something about his paycheck. And I'm like, well, hang on a second. <laughs> like, <laughs> can we just talk as friends? You need to pay me more. Like, yeah, right, right. Hang on. No, that's not how this works. But look, man, uh, your coworkers are just one piece of it. And yep. your mileage will vary over time as to, to how that separates. Uh, it's, it's almost safe to say it will separate. And I'm sure there are examples of other founders, you know, that are on the startups.com platform that, have a di different story and i hope they do for sure you know where yeah. they're saying actually i'm really close friends with everybody and and we don't have that issue so th that part of it what we're describing isn't a it's absolutely going to happen in the worst possible way there are there are some methods i'm sure folks are managing it i'm just saying is if you're starting to feel some sort of 
distance, et cetera, there's a reason. This is how yeah. these things develop. But that's that's not where it ends. There, there are lots of other parts of your life that you start to see the distance get created. And, and in the, the one, I, Ryan, I think it's worth us talking about is friends, family, spouses in some cases. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. You know, we're more and more time goes by. You're trying to explain to them what it is that you're doing, which doesn't make any rational sense because all they keep hearing is I'm losing lots of money. I'm stressed out. This thing may not work, et cetera. And they're looking at yeah. it. Any rational person would be like, right. you're an idiot. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is any yeah. sense. Is now the time that I tell you I told you so? Like, what do you want to hear from me? Or, or like, hey, let me try to save you. It, yeah. it looks like things are going really poorly, which they are until they're not. This whole business is about running into the abyss and everything going to hell until one day it's just going to hell less. And then eventually, hopefully, it's less chaotic. You know, it's 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 what was easy. the line from Shawshank Redemption? Andy crawled through a mile of shit and came out smelling like roses, right? Like that's it, right? We crawl through that mile of shit. And then at some point, hopefully, hopefully we come out smelling like roses, right? But there's there's a fair amount of shit to wade through. Ryan, I'm sure you remember when you were starting your first business or hell, even you know when we were launching um, startups.com. Yeah. Trying to explain what we were doing or trying to explain the state of the state when none of it to a rational person would make any sense. Yeah. It's always so difficult. I mean, and for a lot of reasons, right? Again, to, to, to rational person, it wouldn't make any sense. Even the parts that, that would make rational sense, I think part of what happens to us is again, we get used to being lonely. And in fact, I think like more experienced founders may suffer from this even more because they sort of know that's the route, right? Like you're just going to have to internalize a lot of this stuff. You're not going to have a peer or a teammate that you can go to with a lot of this. So we spend a lot of time inside our own heads, right? Oh, and when you start to spend a lot of time inside your own head, things start to make sense to you at a different level, right? I've been thinking about this thing for three weeks. Now I'm going to try to explain it to you in three sentences. Usually goes over really poorly. Yeah. If, you, if you're not in a world where you have, let's say, other founders around you, or at least people that understand the journey, it's so hard to feel connected in the same way. I mean, yep. when I was first starting, no one my age was starting a company, period. So I, I remember I was 19, I was a 19 year old college student. And so I'm at a bar that night after I've been working all day and I'm talking to my peers, my 19, 20 year old peers about starting a company and how I'm trying to figure out how taxes work and oh, what's sure going through enthralled. their head. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're not like, oh man, I'm dealing with the same thing. I mean, like these corporate tax yeah. rates are insane, right? <laughs> right. Not the conversation I'm ha having. And I can picture lots and lots and lots of other folks uh, who become founders that turn to their peer network, which is normally really supportive when they understand what you're going through. You know, when you see moms that are talking to other moms and they're talking to you know, bitching about the kids, you know, these kids are all crazy, et cetera. And the other moms all understand, right? It's high fives and commiseration and it's a ton of empathy. Yeah. But then you raise your hand and you start talking about something that's so far outside of everyone's wheelhouse that no one wants to talk to you about it because they, they have no way to carry that conversation. Yeah. 
there's no context. There's no level of interest. There's, there's just nothing, right? They're just, at best, they can kind of be an empty ear that you can fill with words that they don't understand. Not very helpful. I've seen this in different scenarios, and I'm just trying to kind of paint a bigger picture here. Outside of just founders, I've seen it when I, when I talk to combat vets who are talking about what they've gone through in combat. A buddy of mine uh, is a Navy SEAL, and he comes back off rotation from time to time. And he and I get together, and he's telling me what they're going through, the parts that he can actually reveal. And, yeah. and, and I try... So relatable <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> I try so hard to like connect with him on what he's doing because I, it's fascinating uh, to me. Uh, but even, even the, the fact that it's fascinating, he's talking about the drills they're doing. In some cases, the parts he can disclose. He's talking about the missions he's going on. And I'm trying to like make a connection. I'm like, oh man, I hear what you're saying. You know, that must have been an incredible, you know, incredible journey. I had the same thing happen when we went on a trip to Europe and we got lost. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, Drawn some real strong parallels between this time I got a blister while hiking and that where you were, you know, field dressing that uh, that that flesh wound. That was uh, it's so so similar. It was right? or, yeah. or or my favorite now is as I've gotten older. Sarah and I will be on a double date with a younger couple that doesn't have kids. And inevitably, we'll start talking about kids stuff. And I just watch their eyes glaze over. And the best yeah. part about it is we're having this conversation. And, and to their credit, they're really trying to connect with us. And they'll say something to the effect of, oh, yeah, my parents did the same thing when I was a kid. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the best they can do. Let me go back to when I was an infant and pull uh, from that vast experiential. Yeah, I was, uh, so a bit of a detour. But my, my point being, founders have this same issue. When, when you're trying to talk to, to what used to be your peers about the stuff you're dealing with, and they just yeah. have no idea. You know, you're trying to raise capital. And they understand money, but they don't understand raising capital. No. No, they don't. And so this loneliness comes from the folks at work, your, your peers sort of speak at work. And, and that, that's weird because it, it grows. It, it doesn't usually get better. It comes from your, your peers in your social circle. And then the other place I'm going to point out, your spouse, if you have one. Yeah. Coming home cons consistently, late hours, all kinds of financial problems, and trying to explain to them that, you know, this is something that's important to you. And like, they get it but they don't always get it, right? right. <laughs> it's, it's like when, when my buddy, the, the Navy SEAL, tells me what he's doing, and I understand what he's saying, but I don't get it. <laughs> I was right. shot at earlier last week. Right? Like we're, we're not on the same page. Yeah, and that, that can lead to a huge disconnect. And, and that, again, like that is an isolating factor, right, for, for us as the founder. When we can sort of see and we know, right, here's this person that we're, you know, very intimate with trying to share this experience that we're going through because we need to tell somebody, right? And at least here's somebody that uh, sort of has to listen to us. <laughs> so we take the, uh, the available ear and twist it as much as we can, but you, you know that you're not really getting through at the level that you need or want to. Uh, and that can be hugely frustrating. I know in, in my own case, what it typically leads to is I'll do it for a little while and then I'll just stop doing it, right? Just go back to the good old bottle it up and keep it inside routine, which always ends <laughs> well. Right? Always down. ends well. Yeah, just keep it really deep. And and so, and then that go, that's cyclical for me, right? And then at some point I'll get to that tipping point again. I'm like, I've got to yeah, talk to somebody, got to tell somebody. So even though I know I'm not going to get the same level of, of understanding that maybe I want or need, 
I'm going to go back to that well just because it's what I have available, right? And again, just that action alone can make you feel more isolated, knowing that you're going to now go do something is the best option you have, but it's not a good option. Never feels great. It doesn't. And I said earlier, and, and I, I feel kind of dark saying this, but people ask, will it get less lonely at some point? And, and Ryan, I, I don't know if I'm overstating this, but I don't think it does. You know, I'm just saying like, like at current pace with, with your, your staff, with your peer group, with your uh, relationship, again, if you have a spouse, whatever you have, I haven't seen a lot of cases among myself or other founders where it got less lonely. I'll give some exceptions because again, I don't want to make it all doom and gloom here. Uh, and, there, and there are ways to address this, which you know we'll definitely get into them. Yeah, big part dig of into discussion. that. But you know, I'll use myself. Uh, my wife Sarah, uh, she's done a handful of startups as an employee, uh, not as a founder. Uh, so she understands the business a bit. She and I have been together a very long time, so she's you know she's seen this stuff firsthand. And and I would say she understands it, but she doesn't get it. And that she's makes read it, the book. Yeah, yeah, she hasn't lived it. And for her, when I come home and and she sees the frustration on my face, or you know sees the anxiety, et cetera, which is only every day, <laughs> like, <laughs> um, like she she sometimes sees it a little bit differently than than I'd like her to. And, and I, this is this has nothing to do with like me pointing the finger at her. Uh, she's she's doing the best she can with the, the information she has. Yep, yep. It's a matter of hey. I'm willing to run into the wall over and over because I believe so strongly in something. Unless you felt the same way about something, and maybe you know she could draw the parallel to how she feels about her kids, et cetera, she doesn't see it exactly the same way. And so my loneliness, my ability to you know find a place where someone else understands what I'm going through and can kind of commiserate and help me get through it, it's gotten better over the years because we've just gotten more reps, but I wouldn't say it's been... 100% solved. You know, I'm not sure, sure, what, what, sure what your mileage has been. It's about the same, right? I think that there, there are sort of times when I know I can use that as an outlet and it'll be enough to kind of get me to where I need to be and I just need to vent a little bit. And sometimes when you need to vent, you don't really need any feedback, right? You don't need Agreed. somebody to fix it for you. That's not what we're asking for. We're just asking for somebody other than the voice inside our head to hear what we're saying and not along. And, and sometimes that's enough. Right. And other times, you know, and like you said, the mileage varies. And I would say that's, you know, even within a relationship, the, the same thing happens. One time it may be, uh, you know, just sort of the uh, commiseration, like just kind of nod along. Other times, uh, you know, she's come, she's come back with some really insightful things um, based on listening to what I was saying because she had a very different perspective, right? Because she didn't get it in the same way I did. She didn't see it in the same way that I did and actually came back with some things that were, that were quite helpful um, and that ended up being quite cathartic. Um, so there's, there's always that chance to, right. I wouldn't say that's been the norm, <laughs> but it has happened. Um, and, and I remember like being really pleased when it did. And, and that's, again, it's another one of those reasons that you, you continue trying, you continue trying to open that communication, uh, line and, and, and keep it flowing. But again, you know, mileage varies. Uh, about a year ago, uh, I'm having dinner with a founder buddy of mine. He had actually built a, a pretty incredible company. And we're having drinks, just kind of like unwinding a bit. And we start talking about just some of the frustrations he's having at work and what he's dealing with and kind of, you know, how he's dealing with it personally. And I start asking him very pointed questions. Does it feel like right now 
you have these feelings, but there's no one you can actually talk to about it. He's like, you know, it kind of does. And I said, does it feel like it's getting worse? And, and, and you could tell like he could, he was feeling these things, but nobody actually pointed them out. I started to say yep. like, you know, <laughs> kind of like a doctor going through like, like you know, yep. the, the full yep. checkup, you know, are you feeling this? Does it hurt when you move this way? And you're like, yeah, it does. It does. He's like, it um, does. And, and so I just started to kind of like nudge a little bit. I never push, but uh, say, is it the case that you feel like uh, things are like this, this weight is, is getting bigger and bigger on your shoulders, yet you have fewer and fewer people that you can share it with? He's like, yeah, that's exactly it. I was like, look, a couple things. Number one, you're dealing with what we all deal with. He's like, really? This is the problem, though. And this is why I hope folks that are listening yeah. to this get this. If all of these things start to sound very familiar to you, it's not that they're great. It's that this is exactly how the process goes. <laughs> it's yeah. shitty. Don't get me wrong. Right. But if you're feeling these things, if you're feeling a bit lonely, a bit boxed in, a bit uh, hard to communicate, this is what happens. This is part of the founder process. It breaks, though, when people don't understand that this isn't an anomaly, right? This is actually part of how this, this journey goes yeah. and don't understand yeah. what to do about it. You know what I mean? That's such a founder characteristic though, right? That the problem that we're going through, I must be the only idiot that's ever had to every face time. this because I'm not cut out for this job. And it's like, no, literally everybody else did exactly the same thing. Right? But, yeah. And I, I think that's even more of a problem when we're talking about something like loneliness, because by virtue of just what loneliness is, it means you're experiencing it by yourself, right? Uh, and so therefore it can feel like a, and it is right. It, we all experience this differently, right? Like it, loneliness means different things to people. And it's something you go through individually, um, just by, by definition. And I think that can make it hard to understand in the context of somebody else's situation, right? You may see somebody else that you think is lonely, but you don't know why, or you don't know exactly what that means or how that impacts them. And I think that's, that, that tends to kind of double the pain of being lonely as a founder. You know, so I'm sitting across from that same founder and I'm going through kind of this progression. Do you feel this? Do you feel this? Do you feel this? And, and I already know the answers. I just need him to hear them say them. <laughs> yep. And, and I said, do you want to know what the answer is? He's like, God, yes. I said, it's just talking about it. It's just finding another founder to sit across yep. from and have exactly this conversation. And, and Ryan, I think if we're going to talk about this feeling of loneliness, and I'm not saying finding a founder is the only way to solve it. I'm not saying that. People solve it in tons of other ways. I'm, yeah, yeah, for sure. But, but I think it's worth talking about this one because it works pretty damn well. It does. It does, right? Because it, again, it's, it's the, the recreation of a peer, somebody who can hear what you're saying and understand it um, and, and truly empathize. Right, not just sympathize with what you're doing, which would you get from everybody else, but to really take an empathetic perspective and understand what you're feeling, and probably just share some of the same stuff. Right, and that's that's what's been really interesting as as I've gone through these situations myself. I've often found catharsis and just knowing that they were going through it too. It's not like we were like, oh, and how do we solve it? And then we came up with the answer and then walked away feeling satisfied. I was like, no, just by virtue of knowing that I wasn't the only one going through this, um, and that you can just keep going. And it'll be okay. That was enough, right? Which was it's it's pretty amazing. I agree. And here's this really interesting thing that that happens: the moment you give permission 
to unload all of this stuff, it comes out like a fire hose, right? <laughs> so make sure that you open that valve and step to the side immediately. <laughs> uh, so I, I watched this happen in another capacity. Uh, you know, Ryan, as you know, we've done uh, founder dinners uh, all around the, the country uh, for yeah. 20 years. And uh, yep. the, the setup is always the same. It's always roughly 15 founders uh, typically founders who have never met each other before, but that's not necessarily the prescription. That just often happens. And it's a single conversation. Uh, often we do it in my living room. I, I, I invite 15 founders over. I've got one in a couple of weeks, in fact. I invite 15 founders over and we sit in a room, uh, usually in a circle, uh, so it can be one conversation. And we go around the room and we just we say the same thing every time. We've used the same formula forever. We don't say it's a formula. We don't make it a thing. Uh, we just say, hey, everybody, uh, as we go around the room, uh, tell us what you're working on because people don't know, know each other, so it's some context. Uh, tell, you, tell us wh what's your biggest challenge right now, which is usually implied a frustration, and tell us how anybody in the room can help you, right? So it's usually an ask, which yeah. creates value. What'll happen is... We kick off, usually I'm moderating it, so to speak. So uh, I'll throw it to the first person that I think will be fairly open. And this amazing thing happens. The first person who, who kind of gets it and they'll just be a bit more open says some really personal stuff. Yeah. Right? Yep. They're like, man, I'm, I'm actually like in battling brutal depression right now. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a therapist. Uh, my wife and I are, are, are going through couples therapy. And everyone else is like, Whoa. Now, by the way, yeah. I'm saying how amazing that is. Not depression. Depression's tough. You know, yeah. couples therapy is tough. I'm not saying that. I'm saying... Great that they can get it off the, the chest, though. Buddy, the moment one person sets the tone in the room that it's okay yeah. to talk about this stuff, the room explodes. It's unbelievable to watch every single time. I've never seen it not happen. Uh, and we've been doing it for 20 years in, in, in LA and San Francisco, you know, all these different places. Uh, <laughs> it tells you a little bit about how much pressure is behind that valve. Oh my God, man. It, but it's awesome. And yeah. within that, the moment 14 people hear the 15th person just unload. And it's not always bad, by the way. You know, it, it, some, sometimes they're talking about good things that happen too. Um, everyone in the room is like, dude, finally. Like, I, I, I'm in a room full of people that understand what I'm yeah. going through. They get me. They get me, right? And and it's not incidental. It's not like I just happen to have found 15 founders that all had the same types of problems on that particular night for 20 years, right? I picked 15 random people. Like, these are just yep. happen to be founders. It's that the problem is so commonplace. So what I noticed was the moment we can sit two founders in a room, and I'm talking about 15, but it could just be me and a buddy. The moment we yeah. sit 15 founders in a room and we let them just share, just unload, everyone unloads. And you hear the craziest stuff. And I'm saying good, bad, indifferent. And all of a sudden, you just feel like this huge weight collectively come off everybody's shoulders. The other cool thing, not entirely related, there's nothing more awesome than putting a question to, hey, I need help with this and seeing 14 people raise their hand to help you. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Knowing you got some support there goes goes a long, long it's way. It's pretty amazing. Um, and, and Ryan, just to kind of turn it back to you, 
I'd like to believe that, you know, you and I have worked together for a long time. Uh, you, me, other partner, Elliot, all founders. It's got to be somewhat helpful to you to be able to know that in working with founders, like th they get you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like that's it's actually one of the beauties of, of the business that we've built. All right. Is that just by nature of our business, we've surrounded ourselves with other founders. Yeah. Right? And so we're, we're building a business that builds a business amongst our peers. Uh, and so there's, there's been, uh, so many great relationships have come out of just by proxy of building this business, right? So many other founders we have now, I had a decent founder network prior to us starting startups.com, but it is like, you wouldn't recognize it. It would look like some sort of a child's toy compared to, uh, the relationships that I have now with other founders. And I think that's a huge, huge piece of it. And so I, you know, as we get into like, what do we do, right? How do we, how do we, how do we solve these things? And, you know, I think that having that founder, founder peer group is, is a huge piece of it. There are a lot of other things that I've done, um, that have helped as well. Uh, but if I'm really honest, the, the foundation for all of the other things came from having that founder peer group to begin with right? Knowing that I had that release valve, knowing that I had access to people who truly got what I was going through, right? Both in you and Elliot as partners and in all these other amazing founders that we've, we've met, become friends with, uh, through this and through other endeavors. It really opened up a space to be able to do some other things that I think help. And so, you know, I, I think we should spend a little time today talking about, you know, what can we do, right? What else can we do to, to take some pressure off. But again, I think in my case, if I'm really honest, yeah, there's some other things that we'll talk about that I've done, but that having, you know, that uh, another founder, another group of founders that I know, and, and, and if, you know, if, if you haven't developed this yet, anybody that's listening, I would urge you to, I have no less than 15 people that I know I can send a founder bat signal out to who will pick up the phone immediately. Oh, no bet. questions asked. I literally don't care what time of night it is. And I do the same thing. Right. I've, I've been in, you know, interesting meetings, important conversations. I see a particular text indicating a situation from, you know, somebody within that really close peer group. I'm going to do whatever I have to do to extract myself from that situation so that I can answer that call. Right. And, and it always feels so good to be able to answer that call. And man, when you're on the other side of that and you're dialing that and somebody answers, you know, whether it's email, text, phone, whatever you use to get in touch with that person and you get that nearly immediate response, just that, just that, just knowing like, oh, okay, I'm not completely disconnected goes so, so far. But so let's, let's, let's transition a little bit and let's talk about what else do we do? So we, the peer group, obviously, you know, an amazing thing. And I, I think it's absolutely necessary. And again, I'll make the case that without that peer group, some of the other things that I'm going to talk about wouldn't have had the same impact that I needed that peer group first, but that that opened up some additional things that I do to stave off some of the loneliness of being a founder. Uh, such as what? So, you know, some of them are pretty funny. One of the ones that I found, uh, is it, it, this is counterintuitive, but fishing by myself. I used to go out in my kayak when we lived in Florida, I would paddle out and I would go to a place that was actually lonely, not lonely in a bad way, just lonely. I was out there by myself doing my thing under, under circumstances that I had some control over the things I wanted to go and do. Um, and it made me appreciate that I wasn't actually alone in a lot of those other situations. This is alone and this is not. So to draw that contrast also, and just generally speaking, like that was such a cathartic thing for me, right? Fishing was just that time away. 
yeah, there was a lot of focus on the fishing, but it also freed up the mind from a lot of other things and just kind of gave me that space to be a little lonely, right? Well, I mean, have some time to be alone, but not lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think that was an important piece of it. Um, Some of the others were that rather than try to find peers that were all work related, which I think is, is a bit of a trap, right? I think you do need some of those. Sure. But I think if you try to build everything around that, right, if you expect everybody that you talk to at a, at a meaningful level to have that same level of, of understanding, you know, basically just to be a founder, I think you miss out on a lot of other fun things in life, one. And I think that you miss out on a lot of other important perspectives. And so one of the things that I found was to, to work hard to build groups of peers in something that absolutely had nothing to do with work. Couldn't agree right? more. Because you need that space too, right? And, and I know that we've, we've, we've worked hard to do some of these things, even within the context of work, right? Like the, uh, you know, the work cookouts, um, hockey, other things that we've done, you know, when we, when we used to have our, our pretty aggressive uh, NBA jam tournaments, <laughs> um, there were a lot of things that, you know, were happening at work, but had absolutely nothing to do with work. Um, and it gave, you know, and that's actually a really interesting one. So if we, if we kind of dig into that one, NBA Jam for anybody uh, who is unaware, um, just turn this off now. I don't want you to listen <laughs> to me anymore. Now it's a video game. It's a two on two basketball game, right? And what it allowed, what it did was level the playing field, right? It, it gave us a little space within the office where we had the hierarchy all the way from, you know, and the, the most junior person in the office up to the CEO had a chance, right? They didn't really, I mean, let's be <laughs> honest, we, we owned that machine, but you know, the, the idea is there, right? That you could be peers, right? They had a chance to hold something over us. They, they never really happened in, in reality, right? We know we won all the time, but they had the chance at least, right? <laughs> and I think that was, that was an interesting dynamic where, you know, you could, you could kind of, everybody had this, the same opportunity. Um, um, and so I think creating things like that within work can, can help Right. It can help to take some of that pressure off. You know, you said something that, talking about like finding other outlets, et cetera. And again, we're talking about loneliness, not just frustration. I mean, frustration, you know, can have many variants, but around loneliness, yep. what I found and, and maybe folks that are listening are starting to see it. Uh, in my first company was that because I was spending so many hours at the office, my, yep. my friend group was becoming everybody at the office. And that was only, compounding my problem of starting yep. to get disconnected at a peer group because I was essentially yeah. losing my peers. And I, I, I don't want to say that, but that's kind of what happens. Um, no, it is. And then, and then those friendships that you develop at work, when you are the one sitting at the top of the stack, have an upper limit, yes. right? In terms of what that friendship can actually be, right? And so you're, you're automatically limiting yourself at that point and, and leaving some of the conditions of loneliness wide open at that point. And, you know, so, uh, when I was, I started the company, I was 19, uh, the company had gotten pretty big by the time I was say 25. At that point, I actually just took a hard right turn and said, I'm going to make all of my relationships be the personal relationships be outside of work. In fact, I took it a step further. I said, I don't even want the people that I have outside of those relationships to know what I do. And so, (laughs) so I I made a, uh, a habit whenever I was around, my circle of friends that I was building outside of work to never, ever, ever talk about what I do. Uh, in fact, it, I mean, it's a small enough town, it was a big enough company that people knew I did something in the internet kind of thing. But short of that, you would have never heard it from me. Like, I just yeah. didn't bring it up. 
And to this day, I've maintained that same sort of uh, different social network. And I try to do as best I can to kind of keep them very separate. Um, and, not, it, and they overlap because there's some great people in both groups and they have a lot of commonalities. But I try to keep those two separate so that I can have a kind of a call it a safe space where I can just sure. be a dude and hang yep. out and talk about football and talk about whatever without having to constantly worry about what comes out of my mouth and how it might affect me on Monday at the office. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, I, I think that's I think that's really important. I've definitely done some of the same in terms of of the the isolation of of the groups, um, and even to the extent. And I, I wasn't as deliberate about it as you were. I didn't decide to do it, but I did find myself, um, and in a couple particular contexts, right? Like, I developed a bunch of fishing buddies, right? And none of them were founders, right? Some of them were unemployed. Um, and so it wasn't the kind of thing I wanted to talk about. Like I wasn't right. there to talk about that. I, we were just talking about fishing. Uh, same thing as I developed the, uh, redeveloped my, my, uh, my love for playing soccer and, and got back into that. Same thing. I, I wasn't talking about work with them and, and, and quite intentionally, if they would ask me like what I do, um, you know, now, now that I'm, I'm here in Antigua, I just tell people, you know, well, we, we, you know, we have a business up in the U S right. And I leave it at that. I don't say anything more about it. I don't say what my involvement is. I don't say, you know, what kind of business it is. I just try to let that pass. Like, I don't want to not answer the question, but I don't want to get into it. Right? I don't want to answer more about it than that because I'm there for a different reason. I want to maintain that peer relationship and particularly here, you know, the minute you're something other than an hourly worker or, you know, a lot of the guys I play with are just, they're, they're day jobbers, they're hourly workers. I don't want to change that relationship. I want them to feel that, that I'm a peer. And in, in a lot of cases, I'm a low man on the totem pole. Agreed. Um, cause they're younger and in better shape than I am. So <laughs> like, I don't want to make any excuses for me. No, I agree. And, and, and look, man, um, you know, if we look at this kind of at, at a high level view, at almost like a summary view, I guess, um, a couple things become really obvious. We know that as part of this founder journey, where you're all all of a sudden fast forwarded to the end of the line where you actually become uh, CEO the next day, yep. that on that very day, your life and your loneliness as it relates to work, the clock is ticking. Every day that goes by, the delta between you and, and the folks that you work with begins to grow. And again, some people do a better or worse job managing that. But inherently, all of a sudden, these new dynamics start to show up. You know, you're, you've got relationships, but you also pay that person. You know, that, that gets a little bit funky sometimes. There's a lot of stuff that's yep. on your mind yep. Yep. that you cannot share. That's, that makes a tough peer relationship, right? Because you, you, you'd love to be able to go to lunch and complain about this stuff, but you cannot. <laughs> you absolutely cannot. In all of these dynamics that sometimes start to change a little bit faster than you might expect them to, leads to a lot of loneliness. Yeah. And we know the best ways to address that loneliness are, one, to acknowledge it. Recognize it for what it is. Two, drop the expectation that your current peer groups are likely to be able to understand what you're really going through at more than a superficial level. Which leads to number three, to develop that real peer group that will truly understand what you're going through. And lastly, remember that solitude is part of this, but that loneliness is something you can push back against. And maybe you won't eliminate it, but you can put it into the margins. 
That's a wrap for this episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan on behalf of my partner, Will Schroeder, and all the Startups.com family thanking you for joining us. And we hope you'll continue to join us. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or wherever you love to listen to Startup Therapy. You can find all of our episodes at startups.com slash podcast. If you're looking for more amazing resources to launch or grow your startup, be sure to head to startups.com and check out Startups Unlimited. It's everything we have to offer from our online university to our amazing community of experts and founders, and even all the tools we've built like BizPlan, Fundable, and LaunchRock. It's everything a founder needs. Visit startups.com slash begin. That's startups.com slash B-E-G-I-N. You'll thank me later. Thank you.